everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ah. That's how it always starts. And later there's running and, and screaming. Somebody talk to me. What is happening? Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 226th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. And that sentiment is especially true in today's episode, as I wanted to reach out to all of you out there and find out your Jurassic favorites. It's a bit of a catch-all topic, if you will. I just wanted to know what is your favorite? What is that one thing? Whatever it may be. Whether it's your favorite film, favorite moment in a film, score, track, vehicle, character, tour, toy, you name it. I think it's kind of an interesting question because I think no matter what the answer, I think it's the right answer. And we're going to see a wide assortment of reactions from our contributors, myself and you, the listeners. I wanted to get down to the core of what makes us love these films. And, you know, all it takes is that one thing to make you fall in love with the franchise. Um, I wanted to paint like a broad canvas instead of just narrowing it down to, you know, your favorite film. So I think opening it up uh, brings a bit of validity to the rest of the multimedia and the products and uh, just the identity that has sustained this franchise over the years. Um, You know, sometimes it's not even the films that are our favorite things. Um, So I I think that's okay, and I think it doesn't have to be the films. It could be whatever you want, and it's what makes this community interesting and expressive, artful and intelligent. I'm, I'm very excited to hear from all of you out there, and I'm excited to answer the question myself. It's an interesting question, and I'm ready to tackle it. But before we get started, I'd like to take care of some quick business. Usually I get into a whole thing, but uh, I just want to say stay tuned to our social media channels for more live streams over on YouTube. We'll be attempting them uh, on different days, different times, in different ways than we usually do. This is, uh, it's a tough time right now, but hopefully you are all using your time in interesting ways. I am currently home right now for the time being, staying away from everybody outside, um, of my, everybody outside of my wife and kid. Um, but uh, I'm attempting to use my time, I think, in some, some fun ways for the podcast uh, and with some of that time i've actually made a new intro for the podcast over on youtube i've been live streaming uh, a bunch already i live streamed a bit of jurassic world evolution i was actually sitting down with my son during some of this time and he wanted to make some dinosaurs with me so we just made some dinosaurs and i live streamed the video i didn't talk or anything in there so um but I- i'm gonna be doing a lot of stuff just like that. I'll be live streaming uh, some solo film commentaries for you guys. I'm very excited about that. So keep an eye out. Maybe you can join up and watch along with us. That that would be so much fun. So keep your eyes peeled for that content in the coming days. And I can't wait to see you all there. 
But that's enough already. Why don't we go ahead and kick this episode off by discussing that one thing that we can call our Jurassic favorite. Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendry. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? So, as I set up in the intro to the show, I reached out to everybody in our social communities to find out what is that one thing that is your Jurassic favorite. It's such a wide range, a a huge scope of things that it could possibly be, and I think they're all valid and, and interesting, and I'm so excited to hear what each one of them are, but I am excited to share mine as well. So as all the entries were pouring in over the past few days, I sat there and thought about what is mine, because sometimes I always delay uh, my thoughts on the topic as well until it's time to record, and I'm like, oh no, what do I think? Um, but this time, I'm, I'm fully prepared because I thought about it for a while. There's there's a lot of things I could say. I could say Jurassic Park. I could say The Lost World. I could say, you know, the moment the T-Rex roars at the end of the first film or even in Fallen Kingdom when the T-Rex roars at that mountain. That is one of, like, one of my favorite things ever. The toys are, are some of my favorite things ever. And even recently, one of my, my most favorite things is actually Jurassic World Live Tour. And that would have been something that I could have easily put on the list. I I have no doubt about that. But I saved it for something in the past, something that reminded me of great times of the the past and my childhood and at the se- like I said at the center of this franchise, what is it that continued it for you? What is it that um really built your fandom? What is it that excites you beyond belief? And um to me, it's thinking about all of the the how do I how do I put this the the vibe the tone everything that is the lost world so i'm not necessarily uh checking this off as the lost world is my favorite one thing ever i mean it's <laughs> it's hard to say it's not but i think the tone of the marketing materials and the way that they they showcased this film that dark nature um, from the logo to everything, literally everything that they produced for this movie. Um, I think, you know, some of the other movies, it can kind of come and go with the the vibe and the style that they've produced. Um, And we've we've all kind of heard it about Jurassic World, how that vibe and style isn't really as... Uh, intricate and as as warm and and fuzzy as the past um and i think the lost world nailed it and i think you could probably all agree with that so back in 1997 um i don't know what it was what was the vibe back then was it um uh, kind of techno thriller-y or or just dark and in general i don't know what it was but it produced two uh styles for the Lost World, you have that dark and brooding, uh, cracked logo with with just those vivid colors and and the ferns and all that stuff like that, and it it's so 
It's so in- incredible. I love that vibe. But I also love like that techno thriller vibe that they're giving off with with like the greens and the hazard um, signs and materials and um, just, you know, that green that they, they showcased on a lot of the merch, whether it was the toys or the, 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 the junior, junior novelizations or um, I don't know. It's this, it's this weird combination of things that uh, produce this this wonderful vibe and it's it's between like the logo and that green style and i think it really nailed it um and and it's just everything from the uh which is one of my favorite things of all time is the the lost world um uh cd (laughs) jewel case whatever you want to call it. it's not even a jewel case but it's just this paperback like case that unfolds and unflips all these pop-up things it is that is one of the most inspiring things that you could ever see is that that Lost World soundtrack case. If you do not have that, please go find it on eBay. Go find it wherever you possibly can. It is one of the coolest items you could ever own. And it's just that vibe, that style with that, like I'm saying, with that hazard look, with the, the black and the yellow stripes along with that green underneath it and and the logo on top of it. Everything about it is just so, so cool. I don't think any film so far, um, you know, in, in the sequel uh, era has really captured that look and vibe of the Lost World in terms of all all of their marketing materials and tie-ins and, and everything that they've produced. Like, I am sitting here reminiscing so hard about Jurassic Park Crunch. It was just this cereal that I picked up on a family trip, and I kept that box around for years and years. I don't know what happened to it, unfortunately. Um, it's kind of a bummer. I always thought I still had it around, but I haven't been able to track it down in all of my stuff. Um, and also the uh, like the the VHS box, which is another thing that I don't know what happened to. Oh, it's so frustrating because that was one of the coolest VS VS VHS tape uh, boxes you could ever have with that lenticular T Rex kind of popping out. It was so so cool, the coolest thing you could have, and. I, as a kid, all of these things impacted me so much, and, and just the vibe, everything about the vibe of the Lost World tie-in materials and the promotional materials, everything that they used for that period of time, um, it really solidified me as a fan. I don't know about all of you, but I really do remember, you know, rolling up to Burger King and and uh, you know trying to get all of these watches, and I, I have all the watches still right here, and they are some of the coolest things you could ever have. And this is what I want from the future of Jurassic: is I want this 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 lived-in world, this this amazing vibe, and the tie-in materials to go with it. And I think um, everything they did for the Lost World was through the roof stellar amazing incredible and it hasn't been touched ever since and i i really think they could i think the uh i've said it a a billion times so far but the promotional run for jurassic world fallen kingdom was one of the biggest promotional runs you'll ever see for a film I, I, you know, we've just recently gone through many Star Wars and Avengers, Endgame, and, and Infinity War, and everything, and nothing touched the likes of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. But I hope that with Jurassic World Dominion and and hopefully in the future after that, they 
they realize that this is where the heart is of of those promotional runs for the movies and you know as big as they make them they need to make them memorable as well and this is the most memorable any jurassic film has ever been is with the lost world and uh i'll never forget that and and I, I'm going to continue to collect all the Lost World promotional stuff I could possibly collect. It's it's incredible. And anytime I'm out, I'm I'm trying to pick up stuff like the uh, the Fangoria magazine or the the Lost World Junior novelization. I have the making of by you know Jody Duncan. It, all of that stuff is incredible, and I just hope we can see a lot more of that in the future. Maybe it sounds silly to not actually pick a film. I, I don't know. But I think, like I said, that impact really means a lot. And uh, this, everything I just mentioned certainly did it. All, all of those vibes from The Lost World are the things that made me the, the, the fan that I am today. So I'm excited to hear all of your choices. I have not heard them yet. I have still not listened. I am very excited to hear them. So why don't we go ahead and dive into that one thing that excites you and, and is your favorite thing as a Jurassic Park fan. Take it away. So when it comes to the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, I think that my absolute favorite thing is the way in which Jurassic really, really kind of creatively uses this almost scientifical fantasy realm to explore some very very real and very very relevant themes uh, to our existence as a species, I know that sounds really out there, but um, our existence as a species and the way in which we interact with the world around us. Now obviously a lot of things which are going on at the moment serve to further exemplify this um, and we won't touch many of those things, but I feel like just as a film franchise, Jurassic does a really, really phenomenal job of exploring some of the kind of trials and trivium of being human and those relationships we have with our planet, the other species that inhabit this planet, and how those relationships are not always necessarily mutually beneficial. You know, I mean, I've spoke about it time and time again uh, on so many different podcasts, but I really, really love the way that Jurassic explores the human-natured um, approach to greed and our uh, kind of almost casual nature as a species in terms of falling into doing things that benefit ourselves, thinking only of one person and how it will benefit them, and having the incompetence to always picture the greater thing uh, and the greater impact that our actions will have. Um, I mean, a prime example of this is Nedry in the first Jurassic Park film, disabling the security features in the park. He is only thinking about the financial benefit from his own pocket, and he is so narrow-minded in that instance that he doesn't picture the wider impact that his actions will have on the planet and on individuals around him. Uh, I think that this speaks a lot to the kind of principles that we see in the world today, you know, big corporations taking decisions that perhaps aren't economically friendly or environmentally friendly, but thinking about their benefit, their profit margins, not seeing the bigger picture, you know, I think there are a lot of great parallels to be drawn uh, from this franchise and the way in which it explores on one hand our behaviour as humans, as I've said, how we always look to benefit each other, um, or ourselves even without thinking of each other. Um, but on the other hand, 
I really, really appreciate how it communicates our relationship with nature, our relationship with other animals, and how we don't always get that relationship right. Our naivety in thinking that we can control these creatures and cage them when in fact we can't, you know? The illusion of God and grandeur, if you like, uh, to say something that sounds very Hammond-esque. I think that this, altogether, um, makes for a really interesting franchise, which has some core underlying themes and ideas that are really, really emotive, really, really moving, and crucially have got some solid ground to form genuine connections with viewers. And I think when it comes to good cinema, good storytelling, good world building, if the crux of what you are doing is relatable, and if you can draw parallels with real life from that, then you're onto a winner. And that is something that Jurassic has always done well, and I hope that it will continue to do it well as we further explore the relationship between dinosaurs and the wider world in Jurassic World Dominion. Hey guys, it's Steve from Jurassic Unicast and I'm here to tell you about my most favourite thing from the whole Jurassic franchise. Ever since watching Jurassic Park, I fell in love with the film, especially the music. Journey to the Island is my utmost favourite thing in the franchise. Hearing that piece of music, you can see the helicopter flying over the ocean you can hear Ian Malcolm talking, and when John Hammond says, there it is, and the famous Jurassic Park thing kicks in, you truly are in Jurassic Park. I'm sure most of you will agree why I love this track, but I don't think it's going to be everyone's like utmost favourite thing from the films, so we'll have to see what everyone else says. So thanks again guys, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Hello Jurassic Park Podcast, this is John Zoic. This question took me oh, took me a while. Attempting to figure out what is my favorite thing in the Jurassic franchise is not easy. I managed to narrow it down to the toys, but, well, there's so much more out there. I believe many know Jurassic Park spent a ridiculous amount of time in theaters before coming to home video. Well over a year. So... I had that large span of time where the toys were the only way I was able to relive the movie, the story. I was able to use them to explore the park and imagine what else was out there. They did a pretty good job of help facilitating this with including things that weren't in the movie. We had Pteranodons, a young Tyrannosaurus, that was only in the book right there. We had Dimetrodon, several others. Seophysis. I could go on on this. But later we would also have the Dino Trackers up here. These were my childhood heroes in action figure form. You know, before the Power Rangers. <laughs> well, there's still one toy though that stands out in the midst of all those memories. There's one that made me feel like I was a part of Jurassic Park allowed me to pretend to be one of the down trackers. To this day, I still have it. My Kenner Jurassic Park pretty much life-size Velociraptor hatchling is unquestionably my favorite thing in all of Jurassic. As a kid, he was the Hobbs to my Calvin, my proverbial imaginary friend. He went with me everywhere, and if you think I would ever grow out of this at some point, well, he was on my computer desk at college, often accompanying me to to class by riding along in my book bag and to this day he comes home with me for the holidays now in my art bag rather than just my book bag but 
I think you get the point. So, yeah, let's make this clear. I want this pretty much on record. I, Genozoic, was training a Velociraptor hatchling long before Owen Grady even heard of Isla Nublar. Alright. Yeah, thanks for letting me share all this. Everyone, keep safe and healthy. Genozoic out. Hey Brad, how's it going? It's James from Jurassic Unicast. Um, I'd like to say that I think my favourite uh, thing about the whole entire franchise is what the fact that it's brought a massive, huge community together. Like I love the the chats on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, I love all the groups on there. Um, Obviously, my own YouTube channel that I run with Steve, that's all, all stemmed from the fact that we both love and share a love for Jurassic World and Jurassic Park. So that's come from that. The podcast, running the segment, the pop quiz, that's all come from the love of Jurassic Park. Uh, obviously, the WhatsApp groups that we endlessly talk on. Um, just the fact that I've just got friends all around the world, all because we share the same interest in this one thing uh, I think it's great and that is literally what defines a fandom and that is why I love the Jurassic franchise Hi Jurassic Park Podcast this is Rue, first time, long time and my favourite moment in the Jurassic franchise is definitely, even though perhaps it's not the most popular movie the start of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom with the Mosasaur. It's big, it's wet, it's scary, it's moody, it's everything I like in a scary movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Anyway, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Hey, Brad, and I'm guessing Jim. I don't know if she's going to be there with you, but um, this is Philip. I haven't called in in a while. Uh, lucky you guys, huh? Bye. But uh, anyway, I'm just calling to do the Jurassic Positivity thing I saw on Twitter. Because, yeah, this is a pretty awful time in general. So, uh, let's see. My favorite thing about the franchise is... it's I really like its messages. Uh, its messages of, uh, you know, on the one hand, there's be kind to animals and stuff. Well, that's in Fallen Kingdom. Uh, that animals have... I saw a great review of Fallen Kingdom, actually, that brought up a great point that both parties, the evil and the good of Fallen Kingdom, both have the same viewpoint but different ways of interpreting it, that animals are important, that they have value. But Mills, the animals only have like functional value, basically. They, they only have value because we can use them for our purposes. The DPG and stuff, them, they have the interpretation that animals have inherent value. They are valuable because they are a part of nature and they should exist on their own. So I thought that was a great message and a great interpretation of the film's messages. And also, you know, don't tamper with genetics or else things will go very bad. <laughs> and uh, judging by the fact that dinosaurs have now invaded North America, I think that... Things are going to get pretty bad. Dominion. 
But, uh, hey, with Steve Rousset working on the paleontological consultancy, I'm really excited to see what he can bring. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's my favorite thing about the franchise. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. If Jim's there, congrats on the incoming baby. Uh, and uh, have a great day, guys. Stay safe. Hey, man, just want to let you know that, first of all, you're amazing. I love what you love your podcast, YouTube, all of it. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Keep it going. Secondly, my favorite thing from the Jurassic franchise, good Lord, that is hard. Um, I would have to say the trailers going over the cliff scene from The Lost World is one of my favorites and everything else. So, anyway, it was short and simple. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey guys, Dakota here. Um, just yes, what favorite thing about the franchise? I think it's almost the escapism in the franchise and the fact you can just escape and watch these movies, play these games, do toy photography, get these toys. And you know, you tend to forget about, or at least put down a little bit, all the problems all around and be able to escape into something and always keep your childhood with it. And I think it's one of the greatest things about the franchise and also the community helps too. Thanks everyone and keep up the good work guys on the podcast. Hi, Brad. This is Steven at Jurassic Steven on Twitter. Uh, you asked us to call in and say our favorite things about the Jurassic Park franchise or Jurassic World franchise, whatever it is. Um, and I would have to say I had to narrow it down between two things. I'm sorry I couldn't choose just one. Uh, but the first thing I'm going to say is the concept of a dinosaur theme park is just the best. I've always loved zoos and I've always loved theme parks. A theme park. I called you from a theme park and now I'm calling again to say that I... I love the concept of a theme park with dinosaurs. Just the best. And then the second thing, and actually I'd probably say I like this more, it was always the theme song. Like, always. Even when I was a kid, before I knew I liked Jurassic Park, I knew that theme song. The Just the soundtrack was the best thing in the world. And, uh, yeah, that's my favorite part. Um, oh, you should also know that uh, the last couple times I've called in, it has also pitched my voice up quite a bit until I sound like a... Um, underdeveloped boy so uh yeah i'm actually 25 no matter what i sound like on this podcast i promise okay thanks and i'll talk to you later bye my personal favorite thing about the jurassic park franchise is without a doubt tyrannosaurus rex and in specific the lost world female tyrannosaurus rex i don't know why people don't pay attention to that rex as much but her design is flawless with the black stripes donning her mouth, face, with more of a jungle theme than Rexy. Um, I love the female Tyrannosaurus Rex. I think that she has the perfect design. And that's my personal favorite thing. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Okay, hello. I'm Louis Ree. You might know me in Twitter or Instagram. Well... It's really difficult to choose my top favorite thing in this beloved franchise because, wow, I love everything related to Jurassic. I think, well, my favorite could be your stories and details in it. Because every story, novel, film, and others is vast and has a lot of interesting stuff. Dinosaurs, characters, and their characteristics and so much more. They are very intriguing. That's why I'm always excited 
to see new Jurassic World Dominion or upcoming Netflix. And I really like to talk about these topics with good friends in community. But well, I love every Jurassic. I hope you guys stay safe and be healthy right now. Goodbye. Hey, Brad, and all the Jurassic Park podcast listeners, Jurassic Collector here. Um, my favorite, uh, my Jurassic favorite, and um, that's a tough question. It's a very broad universe, obviously. Um, but the books by Michael Crichton and the movies themselves, obviously, are the foundations of the Jurassic franchise. But my favorite thing, I don't know. I collect obviously a lot of the Mattel Jurassic toys, like every single one of them I have almost um so i mean that line is so incredible obviously as brad is aware and so are so many people in the jurassic community who collect that line it's just what we've wanted i think for years um it's so diverse there's so many different obscure species um that you know like sarcosuchus and stuff like that that you would never have imagined we would have gotten um you know a couple of years back when um we know when another company had the license we all know who um, I'm talking about so it's just yeah it's great that Mattel you know have just came in and just saved it and it's just they're really delivering I mean obviously I love everything about Jurassic but that would probably be the main thing I love the, the vehicles the jungle explorer is my favorite it's incredible Um, yeah I think I think that's it obviously I only have a certain amount of time but I just wanted to um couldn't just say that so um thanks for listening to my segment and um yeah, just my favourite thing would probably have to be the Mattel Jurassic Line. Hello everyone, my name is Maciej Jankowski. You could know me from Twitter as Frisco Jurassic Park. And my Jurassic favourite is Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton. I love this book because of the awesome story, the great characters, the suspense darker tone from the movies. I totally recommend it to read it when you did it. But of course you did. Bye! Hey Brett, this is Arjen Bosch. Hope you're doing well. Um, for my part, my favorite thing from the franchise are still Crichton's books. Uh, those are still the best thing that are there. But of course I would not have known about the books without the first movie. And after that, I think my favorite part would be the discussions within the community. Every movie has good ideas and every movie brings the community together to discuss about uh, different topics like um, what we would do if the dinosaurs uh, were about to go extinct again. So that was a very nice discussion that came from Fallen Kingdom. And I also like the discussions about the canon um, or the, the soft canon, non-canon, head canon, whatever. But the best toy I think is still missing, which would be for me the 124 scale diecast Ford Explorer 2 vehicle. I'm not sure why we never got that. Uh, we got a very expensive one, uh, was it 600 euros or something? Um, but the diecast one, like the, the Jeeps we got from um, Metals, uh, the um, uh, Jada toys, those were great from the Jeeps. So I would hope that we would get something like that from the Jeep, the Ford Explorer as well. Okay, that's my input. Have a nice day. Ryan from the Force Cast here. Saw Brad's question for my favorite thing, Jurassic. What is that one thing? And although I love all of the movies, I love the way they make me feel, I love John Williams' score, 
I have a really special connection to the Jurassic Park River Adventure at Islands of Adventure in Orlando. I can remember when I was dating my wife and we went on vacation to Universal. She had never been and it was the summer that Harry Potter had opened for the first time so there was no lines anywhere else and over five days we rode that river adventure at least 20 times because there was no wait. I love the history of the ride. I've watched all of the YouTube videos about how Spielberg was involved and they were making the ride before the movie even came out and all of the connections it has to the book and everything else. I love that ride. I've not been on the new one in Hollywood, but every time I go to Universal here in Orlando where I live, I have to go on the river adventure. Uh, it just takes you to that very first movie every time. And even though the animatronics are getting old and they barely move, I still love that ride. And it is my absolute favorite thing, Jurassic, the Jurassic Park river adventure. Uh, and I, just talking about it, I want to go on it right now. But it's closed. Hey, it's Rowan. Uh, calling about my favorite moment, our favorite moment of any of the Jurassic Park movie franchise. Uh, calling during a crazy time here of a lot of uh, chaos going on. I kind of feel like Ian Malcolm right now. Um, wondering what's going to go on go on in the world uh, with all this coronavirus stuff going on. Uh, I live in Washington State, so kind of right in the epicenter of all of it. But uh, anyway, let's forget about that and talk about Jurassic Park. Uh, if I had to pick my favorite moment, moment from any of the movies, I'd have to pick out of my favorite movie, which is Jurassic Park, the first movie. And uh, for me, it's kind of a given that the T-Rex breakout scene is my favorite. So I'm going to leave that one out uh, because just for me, I guess that's kind of a given. I think probably a given for a lot of people. So I'd say my second favorite, and let's just call it my favorite for this, for all intents and purposes for this uh, exercise, uh, is the helicopter scene uh, when Hammond says, there it is. And then you get the whole lead up of the helicopter flying into the island and you just get this mysterious, uh, you know, only Hammond knows what's on that island. Nobody else in the helicopter knows what to expect. And just the whole lead-up from that scene all the way to the Jeeps, and the Jeeps all the way to the Brachiosaurus scene, I'm going to count all of that as one scene. And the welcome to Jurassic Park. That All of that together is just, that is Jurassic Park to me. And... uh you can just see, like, when they pull up in the Jeeps and Hammond's standing up in the back of the Jeeps waiting for them to see the Brachiosaurus. He's just so excited to show everybody his park. And uh, it's kind of the only time in all the movies we really get this vibe of, like, what is on that island, you know? Uh, there could be anything. So, it's, uh, I don't know. I'd say that's probably my favorite scene other than the, uh, the T-Rex escape. I'd say a third is probably... Nedry stealing the embryos. For some reason, I just love all of that. The music and just the... Him, you know, with his glasses, the light shining on his glasses, picking the embryos out of the out of the freezers. And I don't know, I love that too. But anyway, uh, yeah, hope everybody's doing well during all this. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Hey, so I called in before. This is Rowan, by the way. I called in before and... 
I think maybe I misunderstood the uh, the topic, but uh, I think what I said before probably still applies. But as far as like a thing, whether it be an actor or an object like a Jeep or soundtrack or anything like that, I'd say my favorite thing from Jurassic Park is the original Jurassic Park score. Uh, without that score, I, you just don't have the Jurassic Park. I, I'd say my second favorite thing is probably the Jeep. I, I'd like to get a Jeep Wrangler that looks just like that someday. But anyway, uh, figured I'd uh, stick a little closer to what you had on Instagram there and call back and say those things. But yeah, I'd say my favorite thing of all the things has to be the, the, the soundtrack, the score of Jurassic Park score. So anyway, thanks. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hi, guys. Uh, JT Rex here with the kids. Um, just wanted to call in and let you guys know what our favorite thing about Jurassic is. Uh, my favorite character is Alan Grant. Um, he, I know like a lot of other people like, uh, Ann Malcolm or Owen Grady. Uh, but Alan to me has always been like the main character. Uh, just very cool, very knowledgeable, very, uh, realistic in his approach to everything. Uh, and a very grounded character uh, with some very interesting arcs between one and three. Excited to see what they do with him in the next one. Um, I've also really appreciated uh, my boys are five now and uh, almost eight. Um, and I really appreciate how the franchise Jurassic World has brought them into it uh, in an appreciating the uh, movies. So we're going to start with... Uh, Jackie, Jackie, what's some of your favorite stuff about Jurassic? My favorite character is Blue. All right. Your favorite character? Any, any reason why? Because she survives in all the movies. She survives in all the movies? That's great. You hear that, Colin? She survives in all the movies. All right? <laughs> uh, Jude, what about you, buddy? I'm thinking. You're thinking? All right. How about what's your favorite dinosaur? All right, he's thinking. He's being a little shy. Yeah. All right. Dad, it can be like how many? Can be like whatever you want. Triceratops, Brachiosaurus. I like the Brachios. Oh, you like the Brachios? Why do you like the Brachios? Mm-hmm. Just they're cool. You like that one Brachiosaurus toy we have, right? Really big one. That's cool. It's so big that I can sit on it. It is so big that you can sit on it. That's right. All right. Uh, the other thing that we all appreciate is uh, the work that you guys do on the podcast. It's fun to listen to it. It's a nice, fun break from uh, reality. Uh, and I hope everybody stays safe. All right. Can't wait to hear from you guys. Hey, this is Dan. And uh, I just wanted to call in talk about my Jurassic favorite. And my favorite is the um, in-theater experience of Jurassic Park, the original. And I just, uh, I love that so much. It goes back all the way to when I was seven. And I loved the dinosaurs, but I was too young to really be aware of too much of the marketing leading up to the movie. But my parents took me to see the movie. And there was like this big dinosaur like paper mache sculpture on top of our local movie theater back in Lodi, California 
and you could tell there was just a ton of excitement. I loved it. My five-year-old sister loved it. It was like our first time going to see a PG-13 movie, and it obviously left a mark because I'm still crazy about the movie after all these years. And then uh, fast forward to my next in-theater experience with it was when they re-released it in 3D. Got to take my wife to go see it. Um, you know, watching it in 3D and a huge screen was awesome. Noticed all kinds of new details and stuff. The rain coming down and the T-Rex breakout scene was just super cool. And then uh, the next in-theater experience was when we did the re-release for the 25th anniversary and uh they did the fan uh fan-made movie before they showed the movie and so we got our fan-made entry entered in and it was so fun because i got to take my kids this time and uh we all watched the movie in theater for the first time so i'm gonna put my my boy my son j-man on here and he's gonna tell you his thing favorite about jurassic park I love when the Bronto came. He loves the Brontosauruses. Um, anyways, keep up the good work. Love the podcast. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. What's up, everybody? This is Aaron Beyer um, coming to you live from the backseat of my car as I am... Still working, still getting some things done at the office uh, while this is all going on. But I just want to take a second to share with you my favorite part of the Jurassic Park franchise. You know, look, it's really easy to, to pick a favorite scene or something like that. But um, I'm actually going to go with the toys. I think the toys are kind of what brought me into this franchise. And they've been great throughout the years. Even, even during the drought, it was great to go back to the old toys and appreciate the art. Um, and as a kid, I used to, just used to play with those nonstop. And then, uh, you know, the Kenner toys were just absolutely phenomenal. And today, we have this renaissance of Mattel toys that, you know, in my opinion, are they're different, but they're definitely like artistic quality. They're they're right up there with what Kenner was doing uh, back in the day. And I think that toys right now as we as maybe kids underappreciated them uh in today's generation um you know being stuck indoors toys i feel like for kids have got to be one of the saving graces of all of this i mean they're stuck at home and toys offer just unlimited potential for storytelling and creativity and so i hope that you know new fans are out there getting to appreciate you know, maybe their parents' old Kenner stuff or new Mattel stuff that's been brought into the home. And, you know, I just hope that kids are getting to be creative during this time. And, um, you know, I appreciate Mattel for what they've been putting out. And, you know, I hope that uh, everyone out there is staying safe. And, uh, yeah, play with some toys. All right, have a good one. Hi, Brad. This is Jurassic.cc on Instagram. Uh, one of many things I love with Jurassic is uh, all the the merch and the the stuff they made for the film back in '93, and for uh, the Lost World and and uh, Jurassic Park Three as well. So many things to collect uh, and different stuff in different countries, uh, so you can find uh, rare gems and uh, 
and still can find the sealed stuff from back in 93 it's uh, I'm amazed uh, and it's so fun to collect all this rare stuff uh, so yeah that's one of the things I love with Jurassic Park so yeah that's it bye bye Hey, this is Austin, a.k.a. Jurassic Aust. If I had to pick something that was my favorite from the whole franchise, really, I would probably just say everything. <laughs> um, being realistic, though, just the first film in general. I mean, that movie shaped my life, made me who I am today, I'd like to say. Another um, life, I would be a paleontologist because of it. But yeah, really, first film. Have to say it. Thanks, bye. Hello everyone, this is James Ronan. Uh, just thinking about what my favourite Jurassic moment is, um, I think for me, just thinking about both the films as a whole, um, it's got to be the blend between the CGI and the animatronics. Obviously Jurassic Park just did something incredible back in 93 um, with the, the, the animatronics that they sort of put together for the film and the revolution of using the CGI at the time to blend it together. And each film has sort of brought that to it like a new step like taking that sort of movement on and building upon it um with the lost world introduced two t-rexes and you know various other animatronics like the pachycephalosaurus and and the stegosaur animatronics and then Jurassic Park 3 sort of introduced the spinosaurus and we, we got some more raptor animatronics as well in that film um and i think just sort of the blend and, and sort of the improvements in the cgi just like how the animals sort of move um, and just sort of building on the information that we have within paleontology um, for the for the new dinosaurs throughout the franchise. Um, so for me, uh, the films have just sort of been revolutionary. I mean, Jurassic Park was revolutionary ever, anyway, but each film has its own distinct feel, and you can tell new information is being added to the films, sort of paleontology-wise, in terms of how we think these dinosaurs might have moved, and also just in terms of the CGI. And, and as well as the animatronics as well, the Jurassic World Apatosaurus scene that we get is, is a really moving and quite incredible scene. You really feel this animal is alive. And obviously we've got more animatronics in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom with the Indoraptor, as well as um, a few of the, the other scenes as well. And I think for me, just Jurassic World Dominion will bring that in again. And that is something that can only sort of be improved. But it's great to see that, you know, Jurassic is one of those franchises that is willing to just bring in more animatronics and build upon that as CGI is used quite a lot these days. And I think it's always good to have that mix of practical and CGI. So overall, I would say just sort of the big impact for me has just been how Jurassic has been able to build upon um, the work of, of, of the previous, you know, previous teams on the Jurassic franchise from the Stan Winston era and really build upon it and um, innovate in new ways. Uh, in my opinion, the T-Rex is the best thing of Jurassic World because it's the T-Rex and and Rexy is uh, something that he's the hero of my... He was a hero when I was a child. I hope you understand my English because I'm not from England or America. I'm from Germany. Hey, Brad. Uh, name's Mike Christich here. I'm calling in regards to uh, the post that you made about uh, 
uh, you asking for your favorite thing, uh, favorite thing in regards to Jurassic Park. Um, and uh, I have to say that this is extremely tough. So I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to say that I have two things. Um, aside from the movie growing up, um, the in regards to the toys, it has to be the Mobile Command uh, Center. Um, that was one of my first toys uh, when it came to Jurassic Park, and I played with that so much. And now having it on display, um, the nostalgia behind it is, uh, um, uh, you can't beat it. Um, as an adult, I'd have to say though, it's the book. Um, I read the book for the first time a couple of years ago and, um, I had so much love for the, uh, the movies and the toys already, but the book just, um, increased it exponentially and, you know, it got me going on the Jurassic World toy line too, uh, because of it. It, you know, rekindled my love that was already, uh, uh so high for it already. Um, but, uh, yeah, just wanted to call and, uh, say that and, <clears throat> I love the show. Uh, you guys do a great job. I look forward to listening to you guys every time. And, um, uh, I love the, um, the YouTube, uh, live, um, sessions that you guys do. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's fun. Something different to break up the, the day. And, um, uh, that's all I got. So, uh, stay safe and, uh, uh, I look forward to, uh, hearing, uh, um, the next show. Hey, Caleb Burnett here. One of my favorite Jurassic things. That's hard to choose. There's so many, but I figured I would go with some music, and it's a cue from the Lost World soundtrack. It starts like this. This is Visitor in San Diego by John Williams, and it obviously underscores the scene in the Lost World where the T-Rex escapes from the SS Venture and ravages the city of San Diego. As you just heard, it starts off with some great musical representation of some T-Rex footsteps, and it progresses into this as the chaos ensues.
So the track ends there as Ian and Sarah jump into the water, as you know. And this track is really one of my favorite Jurassic cues by John Williams, possibly like number one favorite for me because it is organized dinosaur musical chaos, as you just heard. Um, there are instruments doing all kinds of crazy things, um, percussion, brass, strings, um, just completely representing the chaos that is going on on screen there. Um, the T-Rex destroying things and eating people and in the end uh, chasing Ian and Sarah towards the harbor. And this track is really just unlike almost any other cue in the movies of the Jurassic franchise. And uh, that's why it's my favorite. Um, especially as a composer and a musician, uh, the time and craft and skill it takes to write music like this is unparalleled, except for John Williams. In these crazy times, find some solace in watching the Jurassic films and the dinosaur chaos that happens. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. Thank you so, so much for listening to the 226th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Thank you so much to our contributors, James, Steve, Caleb, Tom, Aaron, Arjun, and James Ronan. And also to all of you out there, uh, the listeners, for being here today. I am so happy you guys came through and wanted to be a part of something special, something hopeful and positive. I am so excited to share this positivity because you know what? Positivity is contagious as well. And I'm here to get through all of this with you. So getting to the core uh, of everything that we love about this franchise, I think is the perfect distraction and conversation starter. And I love what makes us all so different and valid fans of this franchise. So again, thank you so, so much for taking a moment out of uh, your time with your families or you know, doing your job from home, whatever it is that you may be doing to uh, send in an MP3 or call our voicemail line. It means so, so much to help uh, push this positivity in our fan community, and I really, really love you guys, so thank you all for that. But without further ado, I did want to move on to a review here. Um, and this one comes from MJ Ward 0519. And it was from uh, not that long ago, actually, uh, last month. And I, uh, you know, I always say, go ahead and write whatever you want in these, these reviews. And uh, MJ Ward certainly did. It says, welcome to Jurassic Park. You think Mattel will make a super colossal Indoraptor? And that's it. That's the review. <laughs> so I think it was five stars. I, I appreciate the review. Thank you so much for going there and doing what you got to do. And you know what? If you got to ask a question, that's actually a pretty good way to do it. I, I, I can't put it past them. That, that was a good, uh, good opportunity to ask a question. So uh, welcome to Jurassic Park. Do I think Mattel will make a super colossal Indoraptor? Um, I I think so. I feel like I feel like maybe I feel like it's probably pretty possible. Um, right now we we already have three uh, versions, right? So we have the T Rex, we have the uh, we have Blue, and we have the Indominus. 
so I think that natural progression would probably be the Indoraptor, right? Um, I know there there was you know the push for Stiggy to be a uh, a valid dinosaur in this series, one that kids would um, come to know and love, but it doesn't it doesn't really necessarily seem like that stuck as well as Blue did, um, as far as like a character uh, dinosaur goes. Right now. Um, we're looking at that Indora, uh, Indominus coming out, you know, in the near future here. I don't think it's hit uh, the stores, but I saw it out at New York Toy Fair in the past few months. And I think, like I said, that natural progression is to go with that Indoraptor. I think it'll probably come. I don't know if it's going to be something that comes this year or early next year. Um, it's There's certainly the opportunity for it to pop up this year. But with everything that's going on, I don't know what the production schedule is for a lot of this stuff. So... Uh, I don't know, but we'll, we'll certainly keep our ears to the ground. And I think, like I said, as far as what is that natural uh, progression, I think the Indoraptor is probably the way to go. So thank you so, so much for the review, the five stars. If you guys want to go ahead and leave a review like MJ Ward did, go to Apple Podcasts, go to your app, whatever you got to do, just leave a five-star review. It's super simple. Just open that app, find our podcast, and leave a review. It's very easy. Um, we really appreciate it. But guys, I want you all to stay safe, stay positive, stay healthy, stay away from people, stay inside, do what you got to do to keep your family healthy and safe. So thank you guys so much for taking a little bit of time this week to listen to the Jurassic Park podcast and hopefully that positivity spread over you and you can keep it moving forward. So thank you guys so much for listening and I'm going to go ahead and roll the outro. Thanks guys. Saddle up, let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us. JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.